So most of the core beliefs that we have are formed instantly in around uh, intense emotion, right? So you're eight years old and your dad uh, asks for a screwdriver and you give him the wrong one. He's like, you're an idiot. You're never going to learn anything. And that sense of disapproval from your father in that moment can lock in a belief in a heartbeat that I can't learn anything. I'm not good enough. I can't even get my dad to prove of me. Even though that's not what dad thought, even though that that's not what was happening in our brain, it forms these beliefs, these ideas without our permission. And then those beliefs get stuck in our unconscious mind and they show up um, when we're adults and uh, in the form of anxiety, self-sabotage, you know, and then how we cope with it, right? And how we try to get rid of those uncomfortable feelings. And so if you can form negative beliefs about yourself that fast, you can form positive, empowering beliefs about yourself that fast as well. Most of us never learned how to train our brains, which is why most of us needlessly settle, struggle, and worse, suffer. My name is Chris Doris, and I want to make brain training mainstream. This is my series, Tough Talks, Conversations on Mental Toughness. I'm interviewing badasses from all walks of life on what mental toughness means to them and their unique approaches to strengthening their minds. What up? Welcome back to Tough Talks. I'm your host, Chris Doris. And before I get to our guest today, let's do our one piece, as usual, of housekeeping. If you are not getting the daily dose mental toughness tips in 30 seconds or less delivered every morning at 6 a.m. to your email inbox, well, then shame on you because you know I'm a big fan of shame. No, but we gotta we gotta solve that issue, right? The problem is the gift. Let's make it a gift. So um, you know, you can go sign up for that real quick at ChristopherDoris.com backslash lists, L-I-S-T-S. While you're there, you can also make sure that you're getting my blog posts that come out every Tuesday, as well as the Tough Talks notifications, which of course you know, the new episodes come out every other Thursday. So you can get on all that. There's two lists, really. I mean, the uh, the Daily Dose and then the podcast slash blog notifications. But you just put your name, email, click, and you get all the goodies. ChristopherDoris.com backslash lists. This guy's a badass. We have a badass as our guest today. Our first ever Tough Talks guest who is... A hypnotist, an OBA hypnotist, to be more specific. He'll explain that. He's uh, he's world class. He, I mean, this guy knows his stuff, he, which is why he's world class. Oh, he's also world class because he's actually really freaking cool too. So, in addition to being a legend, a wizard, he's also a badass. He's cool as hell. He's got a great vibe. So you're gonna love him. This is this is gonna be a fun one. So uh, I want to read you, not the whole thing, but just actually just like one sentence of his mission statement. Because I think this is like, this says everything about this guy. My mission is to end needless emotional suffering. I'm stopping right there. It goes on. But that's it. Like he he goes on to say like, how? Of course, that's what we're going to be talking about. But that's, that's a hell of a mission, isn't it? To end needless emo- needless emotion. You know what he should say? My mission is to end needless emotional suffering quickly. 
We're going to open that up. Let's go find him. He's waiting for us. Tim, where are you at, man? There he is, the man, Tim Sher. What's up? Hey, Chris. How are you, brother? I'm so good, man. I'm so damn good. I, uh, I'm so happy to have you on as our Tough Talks guest today. I want to start by reading something that I think is really profound that you wrote. <clears throat> it's your mission statement. Hmm. And I think it's pretty badass. So this is a good place to start. My mission is to end needless emotional suffering. I can stop there. In fact, you do stop there in certain places. I've seen this in different places. You have a phenomenal online presence, by the way. Thank you. Like really, really solid. It only takes about 30 years of working your tail off every single day. And then you too can have a wonderful presence. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, way to go. Way to stay with it, man. Staying with it. That's actually, joking aside, that's a, that's a hell of a great point, though. Stay with the craft, man. That's it. So there is more of an elaboration that I also want to read. So my mission, again, is to end needless emotional suffering through significantly increasing self-awareness and the emotional intelligence of company leaders so they, in turn, nurture and grow their people. In doing so, employees become better spouses, parents, friends, and coworkers, which can have a strong, positive, generational impact. Helping people love and respect themselves and others in a deeper way will create a more joyful and trusting world to live in. Props Thank to you, man. That's solid stuff right there. Yeah. I, I couldn't love that more. As soon as I read that for the first time, I thought, oh, man, I dig this dude. Because, you know, my mission statement is, is quite similar, you know, to help people stop unnecessarily settling, struggling, and suffering. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're on the same mission, brother, me and you. Yes, we are. Yes, and I was are. also, in my research, I, you can refer to yourself as like the geek squad for the brain. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's a cool analogy. Yes. I, I like the analogy that you use. Can you, can you elaborate upon that a little bit? Well, yeah. I mean, I remember, um, you know, I, I had um, Windows computers and HPs and, and, you know, for most of my life when they started coming out and we could actually have personal computers. And, and then eventually I switched over to Macs and MacBook pros and laptops. And, and, uh, when I first got my Mac computer, I had no idea how to use it. And I heard how powerful it was. And I looked at it and it was very foreign to me. And I was very frustrated instead of feeling excited. I felt stuck because I wasn't sure how to get the most out of this amazing machine. And so I went to Best Buy and uh, found a, a Geek Squad person and said, show me the shortcuts. Mm. How do I, you know, maximize my, uh, my time and my ability using this machine? And the guy started showing me all these shortcuts and wow, you can do this and you can wow. do that. And I was amazed. Wow. When I started working with human beings, it was the same kind of situation. I realized that people have extraordinary power inside of them, extraordinary resource inside of them and no idea how to use it, huh. how to tap into it and how to um, make it work for them. And so that's what, uh, that's what I decided to do. I was going to spend the next uh, 27 years, it's been 27 years now, uh, the, the next 27 years um, using uh, every skill I had to teach people how to use the power of their mind to create their life by design. And it's been pretty re- extraordinary. And so um, now I'm here to show everybody uh, what's possible. Ah. So you rely on real, 
How's how's my sound? Just real quick. It just changed. It was it was it was perfect. And is it okay now, or is it sound better? I'm sorry to do this right in the middle of this. But you know what? This is perfect. See, this is this requires mental toughness on the viewer. We're giving them a free workout right now. That's right. We're so, not going to edit this, but it for some reason was no. muting my mic. I don't I don't you know sound why. The entire time you sound perfect now, but now you're actually really loud. Oh, I'm really loud. Yeah. How about this? My mama told me I. I was not born with an indoor voice. <laughs> That's great. I'm going to, I'm going to tone it down a little bit, but does this sound good? I want to make sure you have a good recording. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, man. Yep. Okay, good. All right, sorry about that. Don't so, that so that's basically the deal, right? So I, I teach people how to unlock the power that they have inside of them and do it in ways that are uh, quick, easy and empowering and sustainable. And that, okay, so that, thank, that's a perfect segue, unplanned perfection. Because I noticed the word quick occurs a lot in your content. Quickly, yes. rapidly upgrading the human operating system. Yes. I optimize human performance quickly and permanently. Yeah. That matters to me. I, uh, I want to hear all about that, man. Because, you know, I used to be a licensed therapist. Mm-hmm. And I see that you make a really cool distinction uh, you, you, you help you explain to people what the differences are between a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a, a, a licensed therapist and a hypnotist. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'd like to ask you about that in a second. But um, one of the reasons I switched, one of the primary reasons that I switched from therapy, being a therapist to being a coach is speed. Yeah. <laughs> about <it. laughs> yeah. So yeah. when you say show me the shortcuts, I'm like, I'm all about that. That's right. No, I don't, I don't buy into the, the healing and, and not just healing, but like growth, like exponential growth, quantum advancement. Can I believe, I don't believe it needs to be slow. No, it doesn't. So most of the core beliefs that we have are formed instantly in around uh, intense emotion, right? So you're eight years old and your dad uh, ask for a screwdriver and you give him the wrong one. He's like, you're an idiot. You're never going to learn anything. And that sense of disapproval from your father in that moment can lock in a belief in a heartbeat that I can't learn anything. I'm not good enough. I can't even get my dad to prove of me. Even though that's not what dad thought, even though that that's not what was happening in our brain, it forms these beliefs, these ideas without our permission. And then those beliefs get stuck in our unconscious mind and they show up um, when we're adults. And uh, in the form of anxiety, self-sabotage, you know, and then how we cope with it, right? And how we try to get rid of those uncomfortable feelings. And so if you can form negative beliefs about yourself that fast, you can form positive, empowering beliefs about yourself that fast as well. You just got to know how. That's That's right. That's, that is worth slowing down. (laughs) (laughs) Paradox is beautiful, right? Let's slow down that piece of speeding shit up, shall we? Okay. Right. No, that's huge, man. That's a huge paradigm. That's a huge shift, right? It is. All right. Because I think a lot of us are conditioned to believe that what you just said isn't the case. That that's what we're taught. You got to be in therapy for 10 years. You got to talk about every bad thing that's ever happened to you. You got to dig up all that stuff from the past. And all it's ever done is re-traumatize people and cause more suffering. Yeah. And it's not the bad stuff that you've been through anyway. It's the beliefs that formed during those times that are influencing you. You got to upgrade the beliefs. What do you think those situations mean? And the beliefs, the most common ones 
are, I'm not good enough. I won't be loved. I'm not safe. You can't trust people. And when you walk around not feeling good enough, so now you're chasing approval all the time, or you hold yourself back because you don't really feel like you deserve to be happy or successful anyway, then it's going to completely sabotage your life. No matter what you tend to accomplish, it'll never feel like it's enough. Mm-hmm. Because you got, you got a bug. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You got a little malware. Malware. In your operating system. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> computer yeah. virus. Shortcuts are so good, man. I mean, it's not about, and the shortcut, like, it's, I don't know if that's the right word because it might come with some connotation, you know, some wrong interpretation, but like speed, man. Like making excellence happen fast. That's cool. Yes. Now, tell us, how does hypnosis work? So hypnosis is really the art of suggestion. It's understanding how your unconscious mind or what some will call your subconscious mind, how that part of us operates. And it's made up of relaxation, suggestion, and then um, programming, really, how you associate pain and pleasure in different ways. right? And so because we're always trying to avoid pain and create pleasure. And so for an example, if you want to lose weight and you love to eat and you hate to exercise, it's probably going to be difficult, right? But if you switch that around where you love to eat healthier energy food and you love moving your body because it feels good, then all of a sudden you have pleasure associated to a health conscious lifestyle and you're going to get that healthier body, right? And so it's, it's all about understanding how to use suggestion, how to use relaxation, and then how to retrain our mind so that we think, feel, and behave in the way that we want to. And because people don't understand how their mind works, they are accidentally hypnotizing themselves to to avoid or keep from achieving the goals or having the feelings that they desire. We're actively sabotaging ourselves. We don't even know we're doing it. Mm. You know, so for like, for example, we will focus on what we don't want and what we're trying to get away from as a way to achieve a goal. And so a woman came to see me one time and she said, I want to stop procrastinating. I said, great. Well, what do you want instead? And she said, well, I want to stop putting things off. I said, well, fantastic. But what do you want to have happen? You got to name it to claim it. And she says, well, I want to stop being so unorganized. And I had to help her understand that all your mind hears is procrastinate, put things off and unorganized. So that's all it can operate on. You know, if what you focus on expands, what you think about comes about. So if you focus on not procrastinating, then that's what you're going to get more of procrastination. You've got to focus on what you want, what you're moving towards, right? I want to feel organized. I want to feel motivated. I want to feel like I'm taking action. I want to feel confident about following through. And I follow through because I know that it's going to work out for me and it's going to feel good while I'm getting there. Now you're associating all kinds of pleasure to what you want and you're focused on what you want. And that clarity and that pleasure causes you to suddenly take action. And that's how you get motivated. It doesn't matter what the goal is. You said retrain the mind. It's retraining. On a neurological level, what's happening? Can you, can you talk about that at all? Yeah. You have all these um, brain cells, what we call neurons, that are floating around, a trillion of them in that, in that brilliant mind of yours. And, and so what happens is, A habit is kind of like where there's a path that gets carved into your brain, so to speak, this neural pathway that gets carved. It's just like a walking path that gets carved. And then that's what your brain does. And it becomes what we call a habit, 
right? And so when you are getting clear on what you want to have happen and you associate pleasure to it and you have a set of beliefs that back it up, that this is possible, that you're worthy and that you can do this, then you start thinking in a new way. You start acting in a new way and your brain starts to form a new neural pathway, a new walking path, a new habit. And, you know, it takes uh, a little while to make a behavior automatic. In fact, the latest research is it takes 61 days in a row to create a new neural pathway. You can upgrade a belief very quickly, um, but you got to to install new habits, you know, where you're always thinking more supportively and positively, or you're, you're always more calm in situations where you, your buttons used to get pushed. You know, that, that takes some time to practice until it becomes automated, but that's what's happening. Your brain is, is making these, um, connections and, and associations and some of them get reinforced and become really strong and some of them don't it depends on what gets reinforced and there's only a million different follow-up questions i have now from that <laughs> i'll pick a couple <laughs> <laughs> you're familiar with malcolm gladwell yes so he talks about ten thousand reps yeah do you buy that um well it's possible. You know, I mean, it's, I believe that the philosophy behind that is accurate, right? Because it also depends on, so he's just talking merely repetition. Uh, yeah, right? It's not expertise. I think he's talking 10,000 reps to be, to master something. It's not that he's. Yeah. Saying- that's the old idea of, you know, 10,000 hours of studying anything makes you the expert in it. You know, 10,000 hours was the old adage that if you study any topic for 10,000 hours, you will be one of the world's top experts in it. And so 10,000 reps is the same idea, right? And it's just a matter of the more you stay with it. And that's how we started, right? The more you stay with it, the more you learn, the more you grow, the more you fail and learn from it and charge forward and correct on the fly, the more successful and wise you become. You cannot become wise and successful playing safe and holding back. Oh, whoa. That was a mic drop. (laughs) You cannot. Can you say that again? Be successful playing safe or wise or wise wise. playing it safe playing it safe you have to get out there and learn get knocked down get back up correct on the fly there is no failure there's just feedback get the feedback as fast as you can get the feedback and then charge forward again with what you now know fell forward fast but or just no failure i like that there's no failure just lots of attempts right yeah yeah that's right all kinds of feedback Oh, oh, so. This this approach isn't getting me what I want. Mm-hmm. What we do, unfortunately, is instead of saying this approach doesn't get me what we want, what we do is we say, what's wrong with me? How come I can't figure this out? Mm. How come I'm not smart enough? How come I'm not lucky enough? How come everybody else gets the, the breaks and not me? And that's coming from deep wounds. Mm. You, can, you can find, you can follow any any uh, poor behavior all the way back to a limiting belief, which is why my whole philosophy now is you're one belief away from a big breakthrough. That's it. That's OBA. OBA. That's right, brother. That's right. OBA. One belief away. That's what I found. You know, I facilitated over 15,000 individual hypnosis sessions over a 20 year period, just one after another, after another with thousands of people from all over the world, different cultures, different religions, different backgrounds, and found that, it's our beliefs. It's our unconscious beliefs that are floating around in our mind. And when we upgrade those beliefs, it improves our behavior so much faster 
then using logic, then using affirmations and vision boards and some of the other pop psychology tricks that are out there. There's just nothing faster than upgrading somebody's beliefs about themselves. Amen. Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, finish this sentence. You're only one belief away from your next big breakthrough. Next big breakthrough. Can you whatever that is for you, right? That's your next uh, feeling loved instead of feeling like you're not enough or not worthy of it. And if you feel loved, then you don't have to chase approval because you're giving it to yourself. Mm-hmm. That's a big breakthrough. Mm-hmm. You don't chase, you attract. You don't chase money, you draw it to you. You don't chase anything because when you chase someone, they run away. If you chase validation, you chase approval, you chase money, you chase success, happiness, you having a thinner body. If you chase it, it eludes you. Mm-hmm. But when you give that to yourself, when you make yourself feel loved, abundant, attractive, worthy, successful, then you're attracting more of that into your life because you're like a beacon for it. So we don't focus on trying to get, we focus on giving to ourselves. You know, you went, you, you went to grad school about praise I did. Yeah. You know that they recently changed their um, mascot? No, I did not know. I'm not sure if I know what the mascot was. (laughs) I can't remember. Crusader. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Now, it is a beacon. Ha, ah, interesting. Very interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's a little Ericksonian right there. That was <laughs> some deep, yeah, synchronicity there. Yeah, yeah. Right there. Where is the, the you referenced 61 days now, the latest research. Where is that? Do you, do you know what that research is from? Because there's been so many different theories on like, right, that, like how long does it take to have it? Yeah, I think that came from some cognitive scientists out of Stanford. So, but I cannot remember. It was a while ago when I read that study. Yeah. The other half of the statement that you made, though, you said it takes, the current research says it takes about 61 days for a new habit to be formed, but a new belief can be formed instantly. Yeah. Yeah. It takes me about, it takes me about 30 minutes (laughs) to upgrade someone's belief. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah, because I take them through this journey. I call it the awakening, this experience that sets the stage that really we go back to when that deepest core fear was was formed. And then we give them new references, new information, a new perspective. And then we, we give that little girl or boy inside of us the love, the security, the self-acceptance, the protection, the encouragement, the understanding that if we would have had it at that moment, we wouldn't have formed that negative belief that then set up all these experiences. So we go back and we create that kind of healing and, uh, and give ourselves what we need. And then in that moment, when we're feeling a sense of love, then we upgrade the belief. That's when the belief upgrades because you've set it up. You can't just go from I'm not worthy to I am worthy and believe it unless you have an emotional experience that was just as powerful as the one that set the belief in the first place. you know you you um somewhere i read you wrote uh the keys to free yourself from your mental prison Mm, that's right that's what i just heard you say yeah right it's like how fast does it work like you put the key in the keyhole you turn it you're done get out of pain that's right. right. That's right. So and step into uh-huh. more pleasure yeah. and comfort. Yeah. 
You got to do both. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just saying you got to do both. We got to step out of the pain, but then we have to step into the pleasure. You know, one of the big reasons why people struggle to maintain a goal, reach it, and then keep it is because they only do the first step. You know, they get out of the pain, but they don't set the pleasure. They get out of the old habit, but they don't establish the new habit. So people will stop smoking and then they gain a bunch of weight and they think it's because they quit smoking, but it's not. It's because they switched habits. They switched bad habits. And so if I help someone stop smoking, which I've helped thousand people do that over the years, then um, I always say we've got two goals. We're going to break the old habit and then we're going to install the new habit where you're learning how to use power breathing and you're drinking more water and you're eating healthier and you've got all these new relaxation techniques that you're going to use. And, and so that we are establishing a new way of dealing with stress and a new way of feeling at ease and secure, regardless of what's going on around us. I always say, Chris, it doesn't matter what shows up. What matters is how you show up. And that's what I mean by that. I love that. Yeah. I'm stealing that, Tim. You steal it. That's right. Oh, well, I can't now. It's not share it. Share it. Just get out there and share it. There's no stealing. We're all in this, you know, helping each other out. And so, yeah, let's collaborate, share everything I have. That's why I'm here. I'm, I know that you uh, you care so much. You have a huge, your, your heart is as big as your brain and you have... Um, a mission to get out there and help people as well in the same way that I do. And so we're partners in this. Amen to that, brother. Amen to that. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, One of your books is entitled The Power of Optimism. How concisely can you answer this question? What actually is the power of optimism? Optimism is a practical way of finding solutions to any challenge because you're looking for them. Whoa. Can you say that again? That's amazing. I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, well, <laughs> Let me say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it really optimism is a way of um, it's a, it's a strategy. Mm. It's a practical strategy because people always say, Oh, you optimist, you're, you're not being practical. You're not being realist, realistic, right? You're, you're, you're in denial about what's really going on. And I said, no, Denial is focusing on the problems and not creating the space or the opportunity for you to find an effective solution because you're too busy complaining, right? So so optimists are solution finders. Now, on the other side of that, we also have problem solvers. And a lot of times people call problem solvers pessimists, and that is false. Problem solvers Traditionally, the way that they're wired, they're going to find problems and tell you why your approach is not going to work. And that can really bother optimists at times. But they do that because they think about things a lot longer, troubleshooters. They're much more analytical. They were, they'll work on a, and think about it for hours where optimists tend to be up and you know moving and more like the turtle instead of the rabbit. And so problem solvers will find the problems and then they will focus on um, what can we do to solve that problem. And some people are really good at when they're problem solving at actually looking for ways to solve the problems. Other people, what happens when we call them a pessimist is they're finding reasons for why your ideas aren't going to work, but they don't offer any solutions for what will work. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. And so, you know, they're always telling you why that's not going to work and why you're full of yourself and why that's ridiculous. Yeah. But they're not a problem. They're not a part of the solution because they're not offering any advice on what the alternative could be. Why do you think that it is like, well, how, how delete that? This is better. Uh, how does a person become a pessimist? Um, it's how they're raised. Okay. It's the experiences that they have growing up. Do because, okay, keep going. Well, I was just going to say, I always look for the belief behind it, right, Chris? So, so if someone feels like it's not going to work and things are never going to work out, what would they have to believe in order to feel that way? They have to believe that life's unfair. It doesn't matter what you do. You're going to get the raw end of the stick, probably because that's what happened to them. That, um, you know, no one gives a crap about you anyway. And then they secretly don't give a crap about themselves. They want to, they just have no idea how. And so if they don't feel good inside themselves, they can't share that with anybody else. So it comes out, you know, in ways that actually causes people to treat them the way that they had been treated when they were younger. And so now what happens instead of feeling victimized, they act in ways that cause other people to mistreat them that way. You know, we, that's what self-sabotage is. We behave unconsciously in a way that provokes the very response we don't want. But we were the catalyst for that. But we don't see it. And so that's because we were wounded when we were kids. And most adults are just wounded kids in taller bodies. Mm. Yeah, none of us haven't been. None of us are without some trauma. That's right. We all have what I call big T and little T traumas. Sometimes we just, things oh. we get let down, we get embarrassed, you know, in front of the class. And then, of course, we have the big T traumas, which, you know, can feel very heavy. But but those little T traumas can feel very heavy, too. I mean, your hell is your hell. Mm. <laughs> right. And so um, but you're right. We all are going to have those experiences. So it's a great term. One belief away. I love that. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. There are a lot of people. <clears throat> In listening to this who are in sales yeah all right um many of them are in big sales like enterprise mm -hmm. software as a matter of fact sure what do you want them to know yeah um two things so i'm coaching someone right now that's uh in a situation like that and um the big breakthrough for him was you're not looking for sales. You're looking for relationships. You want to leave a trail of friends everywhere you go. And sales is hard. I mean, I used to sell vacuum cleaners door to door. You did? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I mean, they weren't vacuum cleaners, Chris. They were home cleaning systems. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. My product really did suck. <laughs> so... But um, uh, I worked at Radio Shack selling batteries and the first Tandy computers. I didn't know what a computer was, but <laughs> I sold them. Right. And so. Um, so, yeah, I have a, a big background in sales and I learned that it is a numbers game and you have to just keep going. You know, the key to success really is you just keep going and then keep improving your approach as you go. Uh, but building those relationships, being nice with people, being uh, just honest and straight up. Uh, getting to the point quickly, being cool if they say no, you know, or not yet. Mm. Every no leads you to a uh, yes. Uh, 
so you've got to surround yourself in an environment that lifts you up, you know, listening to your podcast. Uh, if people are just tuning in and they haven't subscribed, subscribe right now because Chris is going to bring you the best of the best and continue to share from his heart as well. So you got to have an environment of people who believe in you around you, right? You got to have a bunch of Chris's around you in your life to help you because it gets hard and you know it. It gets frustrating, the amount of rejection, but it's not personal rejection. They just aren't ready yet or they're not interested or they don't have that particular problem or need. So it's never personal. So, but we still want to go through our day filling ourselves with peace and love and joy so that we can then go and share it with everybody else. Mm. At the end of the day, you should be empty of, of all that love and kindness. And then you have a way of filling yourself back up. And then you do that every day. And then you build, um, you know, wealth with your relationships because people get to like you, they get to trust you, they uh, refer and uh, give you endorsements because of how you've treated them. Another really important key because I've worked a lot with sales teams over the years, is that when things go wrong, when the sale, when there's a, a mistake, something get, doesn't get delivered, and the customer is angry, you get with them immediately, you apologize, and you figure out how to make it better. So many times, and it blows my mind, so many times when something bad happens, and it's going to happen occasionally, the salesperson blows off the customer because they feel bad or they don't want them to be angry at them, or they don't want to get yelled at. And because they haven't connected with them immediately, that's why the customer goes off. And so, and even if the customer is going off, it's not personal. They're just scared and freaked out right now because they're under so much pressure. Which when situations go poorly, that you get in there right away, apologize, brainstorm, try to figure out what you can do to make it better. And just to let the customer know that you are on their side and that you're going to call them back. And even if you don't have an update, you call them back and say, I don't have an update yet, but I'm just letting you know I'm still on this. That's when you form the relationships. That's when you create the bond that doesn't get you a sale. It gets you sales and you get the lifetime value of that customer because you built the relationship. <laughs> brother <laughs> you are reminding me of a few people right now Les Les Brown he's on your oh, podcast how good I is that guy how, I yeah. love Les Brown I know he's was, great he was just channeling a little Les Brown right there man I, I know you know I, I, I every time he calls me I just I turn all red and I'm like Les you know I feel like it's Christmas you know and oh, so great and, yeah he's amazing <laughs> and you also know who else you just reminded me of hmm. Bob Berg. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. The, the Go-Giver. Yeah. <laughs> the author of The Go-Giver with John David Dunn. Yes. I mean, that, that yeah. great, everything you're saying reeks of that mentality, which is prior to like, you know, be humanness and service and love and, right, and value over profit. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's how you profit. Yeah. You know, it's really how you profit is you build because people like to hang out with people they like. You know, after us hanging out together, if you ever called me for anything, and I get so many calls, you do too. I get so many calls, so much going on. But I see you pop up on my phone, I'm answering, right? We've built that relationship. And that's how it is, you know, for anything. And so we want to make sure that we are being brilliant in the basics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of my new, my new I love mantras. I love all these mantras. Like, yeah. like you reminded me earlier of create the state, don't wait. 
<clears throat> right? It's one of my favorite mantras. Create the state, don't wait. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And the other one that I, that my, one of my newer ones is do less better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, here's a question I wanted to ask you. I'm really intrigued by this. So I, I'm no, I, you know, I'm, I'm really studying um, what, what's really expensive to big businesses. And one of the most expensive things, is, of course, is talent churn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Turnover is hugely expensive. Yeah. yeah. Like ridiculously expensive. Like losing good talent is really costly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's people will get referral fees of up to $60,000 for a good executive. A referral fee, $60,000. You know, my, my dad had to work doubles every day to make that, you know, in a year. Oh. <laughs> you know, as an electrician in the steel mill and and uh you know so so yeah it's big money more than people realize so help me with the connection how can hypnosis actually help with employee retention it's upgrading beliefs okay hypnosis is just the the path to access the beliefs so that we can upgrade them so when I've worked with these companies and helped them to make millions of dollars or double their employee satisfaction survey scores, which is how you keep people, right? And you, you turn off the bleeding of, of the churn. Um, I'm upgrading beliefs, right? I'm upgrading beliefs and then I'm working on communication skills. And, uh, but there's so much unconscious stuff that people are not aware of, like the assumptions that we make. You know, when, when there's silos and people are pointing fingers at each other or a customer calls up and they're upset, and then all of a sudden you have the rep saying, oh, well, that's not my fault. I'm, that's finance or that's shipping. They always screw this up. I mean, when people do that and they don't have the back of the other person in the company and they don't have that sense of collaboration or connection, then that's where all the people problems come from. And so many executives have been taught the old leadership approach that you keep people at arm's length and you don't be friends with them because you lose your leverage over them. And that is the worst approach. How do you build friendships and relationships and get people to give you that engagement and discretionary effort and stay with you because they feel valued if you don't even feel like they're worthy of being a friend of yours, right? And so, uh, you know, that is old 20th century uh, industrial leadership thinking. And the new generation, Generation Z, will not even tolerate that. Mm. You know, it's, it's not even a, a question of if it's going to be that way anymore because people just aren't tolerating it. Millennials started breaking that, saying, hey, I would like to have a little more joy in my life instead of me feeling like I'm a slave to, you know, whatever whims my supervisor has for me. And, and so then millennials were like, I don't want to do that as much anymore. And then they raise kids who now are feeling like, you know, the first question they ask the HR director is, well, what's your culture like? Yeah. <laughs> right. That was never a question before. Right. right. And so, yeah, so it's important to upgrade those beliefs, those unconscious assumptions, the unconscious biases that we have. And, you know, a lot of times these uh, companies are um, doing leadership programs and they're doing some great stuff, but it's internal and uh, they aren't practical psychologists. They aren't skilled hypnotists. They don't know how to do that kind of stuff. So we get so many leadership programs now, but it's not the same as really upgrading people's unconscious programming. And that's my sweet spot. And so that's what I do. And, and I have found great success with it. I believe you. Your podcast is entitled How to Be Mesmerizing. That's a cool term. 
And that was the first name of hypnosis before Franz it was Mesmer. hypnosis. Was yeah, Franz, that's right. Franz Mesmer. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And uh, a French guy who called it a uh, mesmerism. And, uh, and so that's really what it was. And then, uh, the word hypnosis started to come about. It, it was, it means to sleep because people look like they're sleeping. And so, you know, so many of the stereotypes come from that hypnosis. Means oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And so, um, and then, uh, a eye doctor named James Braid in the late 1800s, uh, coined the word hypnosis and not coined it, but really took it over and started using it instead of mesmerism and uh and it's stuck ever since how do you feel about those um folks and i don't know what their titles are it might be hypnotists but they're you know they it's a comic like they do these shows and they get at people on stages to cluck like chickens and stuff like that yeah so i love it and it's frustrating at the same time because i love it because the stage hypnotists have kept the profession alive they were the ones that were, perf were performing, were showing lots of groups, what was possible using the power of the mind. A lot of stage hypnotists will also, after they do a show, will then say, hey, you can use this for weight loss, for confidence, to stop smoking, to you know, stop nail biting. You know? And so they show people what's possible, but they grab their attention first. So in that way, it's great marketing. I mean, hypnosis has been on all the TV shows which, you know, stage hypnosis, which is why all the celebrities said, hey, maybe you could hypnotize me to stop smoking. And the more the, um, the celebrities and the rich and famous started using hypnosis, the more it started becoming mainstream. And so now, um, you know, we do have hypnotists that are still doing the, the X-rated hypnosis shows, which if you go to those, there's nothing X-rated. It's just marketing. It just causes people to go to the show, right? But um, uh, so on that end, it's been frustrating because there are hypnotists who don't care really about the clinical side or that part of it. Um, they have, they're just street hypnotists. They have no idea how to help someone to stop smoking or anything like that. Wow. Um, they're just very good at finding people who are really suggestible and then getting them to do silly things. And uh, the reason they do the silly things is they get the positive reinforcement. The goofier they act, the more applause they get, you know, and so it's very fast behavior modification. <laughs> so, um, uh, so that's the downside. Or, I mean, the, um, the good side of it, I guess, as I already said, is that, um, you know, it has kept the profession alive. And as a result, you know, more people know about hypnosis. Ten years ago, people would say, does that really work? Now they just say, how much? Wow. <laughs> how much does it cost? Yeah, yeah. You know, I have a friend that did it and stopped smoking. Uh, I have someone that I know. Everybody knows somebody that it worked for them. And so now it's, it's really exciting. And that's why I decided to, to open my old uh, hypnosis school again and start training the best hypnotists in the world. What is the name of the school? So it's the Hypnotism Academy of Indiana, because that's where I've uh, been Hoosier. my whole life. Hoosier, that's right. And so, um, and, uh, but it's called OBA Hypnotist Certification you know, one belief away hypnotist certification. And, and it really is, I train you like you're the special forces of hypnotherapy, the special forces of uh, peak performance, um, because I've taken away all the extra stuff that you could go learn on your own and read books. I've been in hypnosis practices for 27 years. And then I also had friends that were hypnosis, uh, um, ran very successful hypnosis practices in schools for another 10 years. And so I have all that experience. Plus I trained students for many years. And so 
I have so much experience and I know this is what works consistently for almost everybody. And if you really master this, you don't need the sleight of mouth and all the other stuff that people love to sell courses on that you never use in an actual practice. <laughs> so, yeah, so really awesome. I will, of course, be including links um, to all, of course, to your podcast, but also to this certification um, program. By the way, I don't, on the page, designer page, you know, where the, you can flip the pages. Yes. That's actually really, really cool, by the way. I just wanted to tell you that. Thank you. I appreciate that. But it's amazing. I mean, it's technologically just cool. The content is is incredible as well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, So, so uh, best places to find you, of course, your website is, is incredible. Tim sure. And it's spelled S H U R R dot com. Mm -hmm. You mentioned uh, to me at some point you have a free program. Yes. What is that? Yeah, that's thanks for bringing that up. It's the power of your unconscious mind. And I basically just share stories from 30 years of experiences uh, where you get to learn about how people who felt like their goals were impossible Mm. achieve them. Mm. Right? Because I've watched people achieve the impossible goal and dream for decades right in front of me. Right? People have lost, you know, half their body weight, go from 300 to 140, you know, or 130. Uh, people going from struggling in sales, you know, to sell, uh, you know, wanting to sell six figures to uh, one of my friends that uh, I feel like my clients are my friends. So one of my friends, um, you know, sold $24 million worth of product this year. (laughs) And when we started a few years ago, he was struggling to sell a hundred grand. Right. And so, uh, I mean, that's extraordinary. I called him the the multi-million dollar sales guy before he ever was. And now he is. And so uh, I've got story after story. So I put some of my favorite ones into that audio program and, uh, and it's really fun. So if you go to powermindsetprogram.com. Hold on, let's slow that down. Did you say powermindsetprogram.com? Program. Yeah, that'll take you to her. Well, I'm sure they'll go in there. Power. Well, I, yeah, Power Mindset Program. I'll give you it. Well, that's too long. But if you sign up for that one or you reach out to me in some way and um, let me know, I can give you the link too. I've got one for hypnosis as well. I've got an introduction to hypnosis course that, um, that also comes with a free hypnosis session called Total Confidence. So wow. and we can give that out too. It's a longer URL, but um, we can put it in the show notes. I can give that to you later. But if people are more interested in the hypnosis and actually want to feel, feel what it's like, yeah. I got an awesome program and we'll just give it away. All right. That is in the show notes. Okay. That's a lot. <laughs> yes. Only for those who subscribe to Chris's oh, kick-ass podcast. Look at you. Look at That's you. That's right. You. The ethical bribe. You've you got a gift. You are good. Hey, I want to give a shout out to the person that introduced us, who's easily the most amazing introducer, the, the ultimate connector, Meredith Bell. Oh, she has a special place in, in our heart, doesn't she? She's extraordinary. <laughs> so, Meredith, thank you once again for introducing me to yet another legend. Mm. Tim, you are seriously a badass, man. You are, mm. you are seriously a badass. I have loved this conversation with you. And I, I just want to say thank you for who you choose to be in life, man. 
You're making the world better. And thank you for blessing my Tough Talks tribe with your beauty your, and your wisdom and your grace and your humor and your expertise and your gifts. Well, that's a big compliment coming from you, Chris. So thank you very much. And I really appreciate what you're doing as well, because it's vital to have Tough Talks. It's important to have someone who is in your corner and that's who you are for so many people. So, you know, right back at you for everything you're doing as well. And it's been a privilege to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you, man. I, could, I couldn't keep up with that guy. <laughs> Too many wisdom bomb drops, like carpet bombing. That was cool. He's cool. I dig that dude. I got a new friend. You cannot be successful or wise playing it safe. That might be the biggest, might, well, one of them, as there was a lot. But that's one of the, definitely one of the biggest takeaways for me. You know, it reminded me, I wanted to say it. I, I didn't, I just, we went on too many things, too many other goodies. But I wanted to share with him that. So, Tim, if you're watching this, uh, you, you reminded me of the coolest course I ever took at any level of education. It was in graduate school. Where I was being trained to slow counsel people. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, and it was, a, it was a course on death. Like we studied, um, well, all everything about death. And one of the research studies that we examined was one that was done with centenarians. So people who are on death's doorstep. And they, you know, so they're fun to talk to. You want to get their insights because they got all kinds of different wisdom. Right, mortality has a way of clearing up our bullshit. So, uh, you know, I asked, when asked the question, like, what would you do different? These, these old, old, old people, so many of them said, I would take more risks. You cannot be successful or wise playing it safe. What is a habit? What's a habit? It's a walking path. Show me the shortcuts. You know what? I might have to make a shirt out of that. Bing! Thank you, Tim. Oh, we might need to get you one of those shirts. Yeah. Show, like, show me the money. <laughs> show me the shortcuts. I love that. That is going into the swag. How come most of us don't reach, or why do so many of us not reach our goals? And it's because we only do one of the two steps. Like, we step out of the pain, but we don't step into the pleasure. Put another way, we stop one behavior or habit, right? But we don't install the new software. We don't install the new habit. I love that he refers to himself as, uh, what was it said, the geek squad? Uh, the, the geek squad for the brain. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, guys. Um, really appreciate you tuning in for another episode of Talk, Tough Talks. And as always, until next time, create miracles. <laughs>